0: With Mo, and this is part two of our 2022 year ahead. Um, just taking a look at all the trends that's happening in 2022. So this is part two of it. We already went through the first six months, as well as did an overview and a recap of 2021. So if you didn't listen to that, you should go back to that one. But um, now we're starting going into the last six months, and let's just jump into it. We are now in July 2022, and i i think the, the the major transit of this month it happens actually right on july 1st it's mars and aries square pluto and capricorn
1: yeah so i think i remember like before the break Powell and i were musing that like you know june kind of ends on this really interesting and kind of somewhat positive note where it's like okay there's some sort of like new turning point especially in the cancerian part of your life um that's getting this boost from Jupiter and Aries. But like literally three days later, we get this like, it's like whiplash. It's like these transits are like, it's like, oh, great thing. And then it's just like all of a sudden you're like pulled back into like what sucks, right? And so Mars' parting gift to us is this um, wonderful square to Pluto at the very end of Aries. And (laughs) that feels like a really volatile day. And I think it's interesting because this is like around the time that, um, you know, people in Canada are celebrating Canada Day and people in the U.S. are getting ready to celebrate the 4th of July. So
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah, the fact that those two things are happening so close to this, I think it's just really loud. I I also want to point out, you know, as I said before the break, this is, so Mars is back in Aries for the first time since it's 2020 retrograde and in 2020 it made this square to pluto three times and when i look back at those dates it was august 13 october 9th and december 23 um you know messy shit happened like august was when trump was fighting usps remember that yeah (laughs) unsuccessfully fighting (laughs) clearly because they're still around um October 9th was, like, the day that the men um, who, who attempted to kidnap the Michi- Michigan governor, Gretchen Whitmer, were charged, mm-hmm. um, and it was also, of course, just that last month of election season, remember, like, you know, just building up to the November elections was mm-hmm. dicey. And then December, right before Christmas, was when it was just Trump being all out on the whole stop the steal debacle. His just like last ditch efforts to really try to delegitimize the election results.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, it was wild stuff. There was something else that happened around that time. I can't remember. I feel like it was, it wasn't an explosion, was it? Like,
0: oh, like a literal explosion?
1: Yeah. I have to check. Um, It was December 2020, right?
0: December 2020,
1: yes. Yep. Yeah. Hold on, sorry. Because I swear to God, there was some, like... Excuse me. There was literally some, like, thing. Hmm.
0: Well, while you're looking for that, I was... When I was thinking about the... I, I was thinking about what you were saying before the break, too, when we were looking at that Venus um you know that venus pluto square and how you're comparing it to how it was kind of in some ways the opposite of that anaerotic degree mars in january 2021 Mm -hmm. then entering taurus like in the midst Mm -hmm. of the capital riots and so um i i think it's yeah uh, so that said the, the mars is on that spot again Um, Mars enters Taurus on July Um, July 5th is the date I have for like East Coast and so that's just like just in time for like Independence Day
1: (laughs) yeah no I have that day too Mm
0: -hmm. and I yeah I I could could just see this Ingress into Taurus again being just as jarring as it was the last time like because one it is a big shift for mars to go from domicile to detriment and two mars is again just landing back in this fixed science swamp um Mm -hmm. to continue the mars and saturn and uranus story but i think that story we're gonna see more and more we're gonna see really kick off in august
1: yeah um what's interesting is around this time like mercury has just like is like starting to wrap up its time in gemini and so mercury will try and like literally this is all within the first five days it's like mercury is trining saturn it's also squaring neptune (laughs) and it's sextiling mars this is like the day after the mars pluto square so it's really just interesting to see mercury like get all these hits from all these planets before it moves into cancer
0: Mm, i think that's a really good point because the fact it Mercury can amplify a lot of like what the transits that are you know as, as you know as signifying communication and being the messenger and so the mm. fact that it hits all of these different planets in these different modalities is going to be really interesting it, like it almost like connects all of that what's happening.
1: Yeah what's interesting is that around this time like it's funny because like it's like both um, Mars and Mercury, like within the same twenty-four hour period, are like moving into signs that are um, colder. Yeah. So it's like it's like things reaches reach this like peak point where like somebody's like, you know, exchanging information in a way that's like maybe f- adding fuel to the fire, and just because Mercury's still in that square with Neptune like it's interesting because mercury is like kind of transmitting a message between neptune and mars who can't see each other Hmm. and like it's around these late degrees that mars is eventually gonna like station to a square with neptune so i feel like something about mercury's position here is like really amplifying whatever's going on with the mars like story for the year you know
0: yeah yeah um Yeah, no this this Mars square Pluto. I think definitely watch for it. I I I was just thinking too about how I mean we both of us have this aspect by whole signs. Yours is closer than it is. Yeah, mine is.
1: Let me think. Mine is like four degrees. Mars is applying. Mars
0: is applying. So. Oh my god, mine's mine's a lot wider than that, but still. um, (laughs) Um. yeah
1: no i I think, I think this was different because i think like with ours mars is in like the superior position rather yes. than like mars being in the inferior, inferior position. position and Pluto yeah. just like there's like a very power struggle-esque energy that comes about like the last like or like the, the beginning of um beginning of july end of june so like i think it really peaks around um you know this holiday season for like at least two of the biggest countries in north america it's like huge and so i'm thinking about the canada chart because it's like an aries rising <laughs> and i'm just like you know with pluto in the tenth, i wonder if it's just going to be like people it's just giving power struggle like in terms of how the people relate to their government kind of Oh yeah and it's very unpleasant
0: and i i've mentioned this before i want to emphasize it again that saturn's not here this time around like it was in 2020 like saturn is not squaring (laughs) um these planets and so this is going to be this is going to be different than what we were seeing in 2020
1: yeah i think mars is going to be less um restrained because i feel like saturn was really restraining a lot of what mars wanted to do it was like really reining it in but this time like they're configured by sextile yeah they're both in dignity but like it's just kind of like you're doing your thing i'm doing my thing like whatever so I do wonder
0: if, like, there could be a potential for, like, protests going on, especially with July 4th, and if there are still, you know, folks out there who really believe the election was stolen, um, you know, if we'll see more around that.
1: Um, Yeah, no, I I wouldn't be surprised, um, especially because, um, I don't know, like, what, what else was going on, like? Whenever we had this, like, similar configuration, like, when Mars stationed retrograde, I think it was, like, what, September?
0: Yeah, Mars stationed retrograde in September, and then October was when the Mars retrograde square Pluto happened again.
1: I feel like if there was anything, like, related, I feel like that could come up. Just because, like, this time Mars was so close to, like, where it was during the Capitol riots. Yeah. And unlike that time, like, I don't know. Like, there's still that energy of, like, somebody tries to do something and then, like, it's almost like we're going to go out with a bang and be really, like, volatile in, like, an attempt to seize power, but it's almost like with Mars going into um, Taurus, it's like it gets thwarted. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just think of at the same time, like, Mercury going from, like, one of the most vocal signs and it's uh, domicile to like a mute sign because the water signs are said to be mute they like say less Mm -hmm. it's almost like it's almost like the opportunities to like communicate like resistance or use harsh words goes underground and kind of gets muted or dulled Mm -hmm. right
0: Mm we do get so as we move through july we do get um sun the sun mercury kazemi on july 16th so that's just is yeah. that in cancer or yes that's still in cancer oh and...
1: that's the first of the um mercury kazemi's that goes into a water sign Ooh. because they were fire signs before right. and you know what the mercury kazemi is actually opposite pluto <laughs>
0: oh god i did not notice that i'm glad you pointed that out oh you're (laughs) right yeah yeah and then all while in the midst of mercury doing that um venus enters cancer the next day yeah yeah
1: yeah like it's that's pretty funny it's almost like yeah so you know while like it's interesting that like if you think about it Um, Mercury hasn't had a relationship with Pluto for a while. And like when it entered, like right before it entered cancer, it was only by connecting with Mars that it was having that relationship. Mm. So I'm wondering if like, I'm thinking because I'm wondering if like the, you know, the people doling out these harsh critiques of like government or power structures or even like plotting to, rebel, and then that gets shut down when both Mars and um, Mercury move into uh, Earth and water signs, respectively, if Pluto, the Pluto um, opposition to the Kazemi is like, either some kind of like reckoning with that, or like, some kind of like, um, there's something hidden that gets or something that some realization about maybe this plot that was being hatched or something when i think of mercury i think of planning i think of plotting i think of communication so like one thing i'm thinking of is earlier when we were talking about like february with all the like mercury and then like venus mars hitting like the pluto in capricorn at the beginning of the year and like we brought up what sean hannity and his communications with like people i wonder if more of that stuff comes up like
0: Uh, yeah
1: yeah and when i think of mercury and water signs i think of the depth of like what's not communicated or like the less explicit forms of communication and it's Mm -hmm. like for the fact that these people have this relationship what are the deeper meanings behind it that feels very water mercury to me
0: yeah i and Around this time, we we might already be starting to hear things on the, like about the midterm elections. I mm. I didn't get a chance to look up if any like when the primaries are for some of the key battleground states. So they, I mean, for all I know, they could be occurring during this time or like right before this time. But regardless, <laughs> the general's going to be happening in November, and they're going to already, of of course, going to be in full campaign mode until July or starting July already. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're also hearing about
1: stuff around that yeah uh let me check something real quick let me look at the sibley chart because i feel like that mercury is like sitting in an interesting place in the sibley chart
0: oh yeah yeah there's plenty, plenty
1: it might it an might answer. be like oh wow the kazimi is like basically the mercury return like the exact <laughs> mercury return and it's opposite pluto right
0: wow yeah
1: yeah so it's like, literally that exact aspect, because I think Pluto's at 27 degrees in the Sibley chart, and the Kazemi would be at that 24 degree Mercury. Oh
0: my god, so it's like a Mercury and a Pluto return for the US. Yeah,
1: at the same time. <laughs>
0: same
1: time. <laughs> um, something that I also want to add is that as these planets like kind of high-five Neptune like before they go into Cancer... Um, if you think about the US Sibley chart, like the Mars is at 21 degrees squaring the Neptune and Virgo of that chart. So the U S is undergoing, it's like Neptune opposition right now. And so that's something to also keep in mind that a lot of these planets, like first Mercury will hit, then, um, Venus before it goes into cancer will hit. Like there's just all these planets, like kind of high-fiving that point. And like, it's funny because like our Mars retrograde at the end of the year, is kind of like also going to be like an extended mars return so like i think it'd be interesting to watch some of these like especially the inner planets like move through those late degrees of gemini and hit like transiting neptune um the sibley neptune and the um sibley mars um
0: yeah i do feel like it does feel like a lot of these later july transits um are more like, yeah, it's, they're either going to allude to something bigger, or it's just, like, kind of the very, very beginning of, like, bigger transits we'll see in August and onward. But, Mm -hmm. like, for example, you see Mercury in the Sun move into Leo, and I actually don't know, I don't know if it'll, like, kick off too much at the end of July, but definitely in August as they start getting closer to some of the other planets, although Mercury does square Mars in July still, um, all while Uranus and the North Node are conjoined to one another. You know
1: what's interesting, like, about July? It's, like, literally July is one of those months where something's happening literally every other freaking day. Like, because, you know, after the Kazemi, Mercury, you know, Venus goes into Cancer, Mercury is opposing Pluto, the Sun. Then both Mercury and the Sun go into Leo, like, a few days later. Um, But, like, what they do is, like, they both, they all, like, kind of, like, high-five Jupiter, for a bit which might be nice for like reaffirming um certain things that you want to you know um project into the world certain things that you want to communicate like and it's nice that you know your like intellect and thought process and communications are all on the same page as what you feel like your sole purpose needs to be Mm -hmm. at the time so it's a very expressive time and It's interesting that a lot of these transits are coming up like during a midterm election where people are in a position to be like, this is who I am. And this is why you should basically gravitate towards me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wonder if there's going to be like more um, heavy sort of campaigning and stuff. I think so,
0: because I imagine, I mean, I could really be wrong, but I imagine by this point, like, the we'll know who's running in the general election against each other. Like, we're already mm-hmm. hearing names. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Georgia's already got, like, Stacey Abrams versus a Trump-backed, like, former NFL player who is a black mm-hmm. man. <laughs> I, and I can, his name escapes me right now, but... Um, we already have that happening in Georgia but come July next year I imagine that the primaries will be mostly done and we should know and so yeah it's going to be heavy campaign mode for sure Yeah,
1: I really like that there's like the new moon in Leo which is like kind of widely trying um, Jupiter because like the sun perfects like a few days later and Um, that's
0: Jupiter stations retrograde right at that day too
1: oh wow it does you're right
0: yeah yeah and then mercury will be squaring uranus and the north north node in taurus because that uranus north node conjunction will have Mm,
1: no you're right you're right all like on the same day like the sun's trining jupiter um mercury's opposing saturn as well like Mm. when it conjoins the north node wow that's really loud so saturn's back in the bendings at this point yep (laughs) (laughs) okay and so this is where like i don't know if you guys remember like the transits of what i think it was like late july yeah like late july um where we had the um mercury kazimi that was off saturn Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: it's gonna be kind of like that again
0: that's what i was thinking it's like it's this astrology right at the end of july and then into august that actually really reminds me of like exactly like this year's july and august yeah yeah
1: and I mean, maybe
0: that is a good transition to August if you're ready.
1: Yeah, because literally, um, it's literally the beginning of August. Mars joins the party and <laughs> basically it conjoins the North Node and Uranus.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I this one's really like, like when we were when we were doing like the top five-ish transits of 2022. This is the one. This is the one. And so this is it's like like most said it's August first. And it's Mars, Uranus, and the North Node conjoined in Taurus. And,
1: oh my God.
0: <laughs> and then they're all that squaring might... they're all squaring Saturn.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is really rough because um when you see when I see Mars and Uranus, I just think of like I don't know, like electrical fires or like instant combustion.
0: Yeah. Like and we, uh. you and I, I mean, we we, we kind of recapped this in the 2021 recap at the beginning of this recording, but I, mm-hmm. I think it's worth mentioning again that when you look back at the last three Mars, Saturn, Uranus, T-squares, so that was January of this year, July, and then November, um, when you look at the events happening in that, it's everything from like capital riots in January to... Um, the Miami condo collapsed in July, wildfires in Canada, you had mentioned the um, Haitian yeah. president was assassinated, and
1: mm-hmm. then November,
0: the November one was when that Paul Gosar video had come out of um, him, you know, killing AOC and Biden, and then which mm-hmm. led to a censure vote. Um, and then there was also just unprecedented rain and flooding in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah.
1: And that, I feel like that was very on brand for like Mars in um, Scorpio. Yes. And then there was also like, I remember like on the astrology podcast, Chris brought up the fact that like all these scorpions came out of like some <laughs> part of Egypt because they had like unprecedented flooding and like a swarm of like scorpions just came out and we
0: had a local news story here in hawaii that someone got a package from like a band in canada i believe or maybe it was new york and the package was fill- it was supposed to be t-shirts or something it was filled with scorpions
1: that's really scary
0: yeah <laughs> like worst nightmare
1: like i for me like just because like um like I feel like that was very literal for like a Mars in Scorpio transit. I feel like because this is like Mars in Taurus, it's probably gonna be something with cattle or like um, bulls or something. Like yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I could see that. There's talk. Um, there's talk already, and it'll be interesting to see if there will ha- if more of it comes up this year of the um, what do you call it like lab produced meat.
1: Mm -hmm. and i know
0: beef it's it's not just beef but like beef has especially been coming up in that discussion yeah yeah
1: you know what this kind of worries me because i know that like during last fire season um like the price of beef for example like skyrocketed because all the fires and like the prairie provinces in canada like made it hard for people to grow the food that needed to feed the cattle not only that but like you know the fires destroyed all this farmland and all this other stuff so i wonder if it's going to be like more of that stuff right
0: yeah and then the key difference to the ones coming up in 2022 is the north node is going to be here this time it wasn't in the 2021 t-square so that's another thing that's just, it's, just mm. gonna, it's just gonna like amp up the volume you
1: know that's like actually a good point so I, I think like i always think of mars as like a very appetitive planet like the moon so it's like you want what you want and you're going to do what you can to get it at all costs and when i see like um like uranus and mars and the north node together in taurus like a sign that that is often associated with, like, food or things we like to consume. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, there was this rapid demand for, like, you know, like, the lab-produced meat or, like, even just meat in general, but, like, something about it being, like, hard to get or also, like, driving the price of it up, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I really feel like this is a nice segue into like what happens like six days later, like around the seventh, because Mars does square Saturn, which is like, y- you know, like hard limits. Right. And around that time, Venus is op- opposing Pluto. So it's like, and what's funny is that Venus is opposing Pluto from this like last decade of cancer, which has to do with like, what do you do when there's too much excess or when you've had too much of a certain thing? Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's reinforcing like the change in like tastes and appetites and so like i'm wondering like you know what i'm wondering because like venus opposing pluto which has to do with like sort of power struggles in terms of like what's desirable or like the the power that goes into desirability and what that has to do with like i think of like status right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so i'm wondering if like whether it's stuff like You know, the kinds of meat you can consume, the cuts of meat you can consume, like stuff like that, or even just like something I've noticed with Uranus and Taurus, I don't know about you, but like, even my like beauty product habits have changed, like I've become more into like skincare and like, (laughs) trying to look good, like naturally, or like going for more of the natural muted makeup instead of like the full beat, right? Mm -hmm. And I wonder if something like that happens to where like, maybe there's this change in like how we consume things around beauty or things we enjoy that kind of reinforces some of what's going on with like the Mars conjunct Uranus square Saturn.
0: Yeah not wondering if we saw any of that in January but on you know on the meat thing too you know now you're bringing up like the Venus Pluto opposition I I think, too, about, you know, on the topic of lab-produced meats, right, the main questions people are going to ask is, is it does it taste good? <laughs> does it taste just like meat? And is it safe? And mm-hmm. that, to me, just kind of screams some of that Venus and cancer, especially in that last decade.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I know that, like, a lot of people who are, like, who've been, like, vegetarian or vegan, a lot of them are starting to push back against, like, meat replacements they're like what's wrong with like the good old like veggie burger like that you can actually taste as vegetables versus like mimicking meat and i wonder if some of that like reflects this we're so saturated with all these like plant-based options now coming back to that third decade in cancer we're so saturated with these options do i really want to like invest in more of these options like mm-hmm. not really right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah
0: yeah and then um in terms of the rest of august like we do get venus entering leo on august 11th on the same day that we have the full moon in aquarius and that that sun is going to be squaring uranus (laughs) so all of august i feel like it's going to be like this we're just going to see so much of just the squares because we're gonna have venus mercury um and then you know (laughs) the sun for some time just like all in leo
1: yeah um course. what's nice is that mercury gets out gets gets the hell out like around the like, fourth, yes. it's like i've had enough of this goodbye and <laughs> with you too it's like you know it's it's other home and exaltation but like otherwise it's just mars yes. and um you know it's just mars and um pluto and the sun all yeah. like they're all like kind of duking it out a bit
0: yeah i i'm i'm all here for mercury and virgo like it's it'll be nice to have like another planet in domicile that's just kind of completely away from this melly that's happening in the mm-hmm. fixed signs so yeah
1: like i don't know like i feel like the last 10 days of august are really brutal because like <laughs> You know you have Mercury opposing Neptune again, so like like Mercury is moving so quick at this point like it's already it 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 hasn't even been like I don't think it's been like it's only been like two weeks at this point and Mercury's mm-hmm. already like opposing Neptune, which is again feeding into it's I feel like everything that's hitting Neptune is like setting the stage for whatever's happening when Mars finally squares it. yeah, and so that's yeah. something like paying attention to
0: yeah Uh, that that mercury (laughs) that mercury neptune opposition will be you know mercury and virgo mercury does really really well in virgo and you know mercury and virgo is just going to be all about just like that precision and the details but
1: neptune has been like kind of preventing that the last what it's been like
0: exactly yeah no neptune when did neptune go
1: in was it like 2008 2009 yeah i think
0: yeah, no, Neptune really just has been raining on that, on that parade for a while. I mean, just
1: to tell you, if you guys thought this year was bad, next year's worse because Saturn joins the party in Pisces. Like, so <laughs> those oppositions are going to be, like, not fun. But oh just saying, that's coming. I, um, but I, what's I, interesting is Mercury also goes into shadow when it opposes Neptune because it actually stations direct opposite Neptune. Mm
0: the other thing i wanted to point out about that too is that this mercury so you got you have mercury in virgo it's like opposing neptune it's entering shadow and but the day before its opposition to neptune mars enters gemini and so you've got this same mercury is going to be ruling this mars that's going to be in gemini for way too fucking long
1: yeah and this is like where the the like the beginning of like what six or seven months of mars and gemini like gets started so
0: yeah yeah. And Look, it's ruler is going to be it. bouncing back and forth between Libra and Virgo because as you said Mercury is moving really fast. By August 25th, we already have Mercury in Libra.
1: Yeah. Um what's interesting is around that time Uranus also finally stations retrograde. <laughs> which is like it's it's there. Like I find the stations of the outer planets really interesting, but like honestly if they're not really hitting much like transiting wise but also in your chart don't stress about it yeah <laughs> it's there it's happening um but let's see There's after mercury moves into libra there's a new moon in virgo which is actually squaring mars yeah and around this time venus is also squaring Uranus.
0: yes yeah it's like each of it's the lunations you know you were talking earlier about like oh not all the lunations um have like crazy things going on no this is that month where it's like okay the full moon in aquarius that we start off with the month has like that sun squaring uranus and then venus entering leo now we have a new moon in virgo and venus is squaring uranus and mars is squaring the sun
1: yeah so like that's gonna be a bit of a tense lunation i feel like There's something like, I find that Sun-Mars aspects are very competitive. I know because I have a Sun-Mars square. (laughs) (laughs) It's applying and one degrees. So yeah, it's a very competitive, like driven. And then when you add the moon there, it's like this, it's like this hunger. It's like you have this hunger for like more information just because Mars is in like another Mercury world sign. And just because Mercury's in Libra at this time, like I don't know about you, but I found the last like run of um air Mercury retrogrades very gossip foddery. Yes. And it's like dicking for information about something.
0: I could say that. I also wonder, too, if this new moon, because, you know, the new moons are good for starting new things, manifesting, whatever. Mm -hmm. And with that Mars squaring the sun, though, I wonder if this can be a very um, ambitious, (laughs) maybe perhaps even competitive (laughs) new moon when it comes to like kind of whatever kind of goal setting or intention setting people want to do at this time.
1: Yeah, and it's, like, whatever's going on in, like, the Gemini part of your life, um, because Mercury is, like, trining Mars around this time, more or less, and, like, mm-hmm. they're, like, in a trine-based relationship, so it's, like, whatever information you're getting from, like, Mercury and Libra about, like, other people's tastes or expectations are kind of informing, like, your drives and ambition, and it's kind of putting pressure on, like, the new things you're trying to start in the Virgo part of your life.
0: mm Yeah.
1: So yeah.
0: And then the month ends with yeah. This this new moon has Venus um squaring Uranus, but just like the day later, Venus then opposes Saturn.
1: So again, it's like Venus getting beat up by Uranus and Saturn's like seemingly never-ending um power struggle with each other.
0: Yeah, it it reminds me a little bit of earlier in the year when Venus is in Aquarius. I think Mm -hmm. the one better thing venus has going for it in this situation is mars isn't there anymore
1: yeah yeah she's no longer besieged
0: yeah yeah but it's still yeah it's still venus (laughs) venus saturn is um i i you know we were talking when it was in aquarius um about you know like or whenever venus saturn comes up it could tend to bring up things around um you know relationship agreements and structures and those kind of things and i could see that kicking up again here
1: yeah like whatever agreements you decided were not working for you in um taurus season or like when venus was in taurus um we're coming back to that again like
0: and this is venus and leo so you know it's gonna be like i want to go for what i want versus like what's better in the long run or what's better for the relationship or
1: it's gonna extra be like i really don't want (laughs) to (laughs) do oh boy which doesn't help because like um like september okay so i hate to like be the like bearer of bad news but i feel like the year gets progressively more challenging from september onward
0: yeah we're ready for september then (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) i mean i like the mercury jupiter opposition i own one of these oppositions in in a fire sign and air sign and so like there's this expansiveness of ideas but sometimes like you know the big picture doesn't always match with like the day-to-day details and it's just this struggle you know between like what's the narrative versus like, you know, the pieces that put it together or like, you know, the logistics of making that big picture happen. Mm. And it's funny because like, I think Mercury stations retrograde like a week later and will like hit Jupiter again, a couple times.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does hit that Jupiter the the month. So the month starts out pretty early. I think it's like September 9th is that Venus um, retrograde in Libra and then but a few days before that Venus enters Virgo so I think that's also important to note that they do have this mutual reception going on um Mm -hmm. but Venus is also in its fall so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so like it's funny because like at the end of August remember we were like oh Venus is opposing Saturn so there's this like basically it's like you have to make certain choices related to like your commitments versus like your indulgences and like that which you actually enjoy and then you know whatever you end up choosing you get to work on with venus going to virgo um what i think is interesting is around this time like i think it's like the fourth mars enters its shadow so the degrees it will spend a lot of time in (laughs) um which is mm, yeah (laughs) so like it's about eight degrees so mars will be between what eight And 25 degrees of Gemini. Hmm. And so this is the time where you really want to start paying attention to like what's happening in your life, especially if you have important placements really close to eight degrees of Gemini or any of the mutable signs, especially. Oh,
0: my God. I mean, I'm I'm just happy to hear about one transit that's not hitting my placements. And this is one of them, actually. Thank God. But um, I'm going to be in a Mars year, so we can talk (laughs) And more about that when we talk yeah. about Mars retrograde, but yeah, I um, yeah, no, th- this Mercury retrograde, as well as Venus and Virgo, and then Mars being in shadow, are I would say the main highlights of September, yeah, yeah. Venus, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say what's interesting about the Mercury station is that there's actually a full moon in Pisces on the same day,
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, that's so not, the moon.
1: Is the moon on Neptune? I'm trying to see. It should be close. Close-ish enough.
0: <laughs> We're like both loading our apps right now, so that's why yeah, there's the silence right now. <laughs> my
1: apps are bugging because.
0: Um... <laughs> pulling it up well, right now it's not
1: it's not right there but like because it's like what 17 degrees
0: yeah it's yeah. not right
1: there but it's like the moon is kind of sandwiched between mars and neptune <laughs> um yeah i mean just because the moon is like like mars is there adding the tension right mm-hmm. and um the moon is like going to be applying to Neptune at this point I mean it is trying Uranus as well so i mean, sorry not trine sextile and so there's kind of like this element of maybe like kind of surprises or dissolving sort of around like whatever's you want to like end or whatever's culminating in the Pisces part of your life mm. but again it's being challenged by Mars yeah, yeah. which is not pleasant <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then as the month goes on, so after that full moon in Pisces, on the 16th, we get we get a Venus-Mars square on the same day of the Sun-Neptune opposition.
1: Yeah, and this is all, like, going on, like, so basically this is a part of the year where the mutables start to get a lot of action, so, like, anyone with mutable placements, we did not forget about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Um
1: we'll call you, you all
0: as guests on this show for the second half
1: of 2022 we should literally <laughs> we should but no like literally it's just like i'm thinking a lot about the u.s sibley chart because that sun neptune opposition is like again echoing that mar it's like hitting that mars um mars neptune square in that chart all of this is activating that wow. um the Venus-Mars squares, maybe, like, tensions, like, you know, with your desires and, like, where you need to be brave. Because I-, I would say Mars does represent courage. And, like, I would not say that while Venus and Virgo can be experimental, it's not always the most courageous. Yeah. Very methodical, not courageous. Whereas, like, Mars and Gemini might be trying to do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It it just feels like a lot, and it doesn't help that Venus is like also like very combust.
0: Oh yes, good
1: point. At this point, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and so like I don't know. This is feeling like a very tense day of like not necessarily like feeling pressured to, I guess, create certain things, pressured to experiment Mm -hmm. with certain desires, maybe, while also like having. There's almost like I feel like with Neptune opposition aspects, there's almost this like extreme potential for disillusionment with something. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this feels like especially with Mercury being retrograde at this point, like hitting a breaking point with like something you really have been like trying to cultivate and work towards, especially with like those placements in Virgo,
0: yeah yeah all all of this just kind of just gives me this. It's not the happiest spot for Venus, but I do think a lot of these transits, I mean, could potentially bring to light, I guess, what's rough around the edges, what needs smoothing, Mm -hmm. what needs to be left alone, even... Yeah.
1: Yeah. The the one lesson that Mercurials—it doesn't matter if you're Gemini Mercurial or a Virgo Mercurial—sometimes things are better left alone. You don't have to (laughs) do everything. You don't have to experiment with everything. But I feel like with Mercury being in Libra, and you know, I feel like Mercury in Libra like really likes to take everybody's point of view into account. Mm -hmm. There comes a point where that stops being helpful and it starts creating more problems than help and i think it's interesting around this time that like Mercury's also opposing jupiter which does rule that neptune mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's really like revisiting the the little details are not matching with the big picture it's like i have this all- narrative in my own head yeah. but i'm also trying to juggle like what other people think and it's yeah. like because mercury is like literally the final dispositor for almost everything along with venus they're both like Because they're in mutual reception, right? And like everything's answering to either Venus or Mercury at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just not helping. Meanwhile, Saturn is just like this is the one time of the year where like all the Saturn fixed stuff is just not like active. That doesn't mean not coming back, but (laughs) September is kind of that weird month where it's just not really happening. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. So then you get to, like, the second half of the month when the sun enters, right when the sun enters Libra, the sun Mercury retrograde Kazemi happens in mm-hmm. Libra. And then very, um, pretty quickly, Mercury retrograde re-enters Virgo. Yeah. So that's, like, all happening within the same day. Um, we get a Venus-Virgo opposition to Neptune with Mercury, again, still very, very, like, close by so yeah uh, uh, like like we said like this really everything kind of goes back to mercury and venus this month yeah Um, and
1: both of them are like in signs that i would argue are really perfectionistic and really want to like refine things mm
0: -hmm. and then on that (laughs) we have a new moon in libra and then mercury and venus are going to be conjoined together in virgo
1: i feel like this is nice i feel like this is like a weird parallel to what we had this year it's like the different version where like with this mercury retrograde cycle i think what happens is like mercury and venus get to like conjoin instead of um where last year it was like what mercury mars conjoining this year it's mercury and venus who Mm -hmm. get to conjoin
0: I like it too. I mean, you have a domiciled Mercury um, ruling that Venus; they'll conjoin. The s- the sun is um, opposite Jupiter at the same on this at the same time, and then just a few days after, Venus is going to be in domicile again.
1: Yeah, and the next time they conjoin, I believe is when Mercury goes into Libra. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, or I might be crazy. I think, I think it should be. Wait, well, let me check my list.
0: I know I'm looking at my list now, too.
1: It should be. Because I know they can join again. I just don't know if it's in Libra or if it's in Scorpio.
0: It might be in Scorpio, because I... Yeah, I think I, it's in Scorpio. I don't think Mercury gets... Yeah, it is. It is it's It's November 21st. Because I don't think Mercury yeah. picks up speed fast enough after its stations. Yeah, no. Yeah.
1: So it's almost like what happened this year where we had three... but Except we got three, where it was like Mercury and Mars conjoined in Virgo. Mm-hmm. Then during the retrograde, uh, Mercury and Mars conjoined in Libra with the Sun. And then in Scorpio, Mars and Mercury conjoined again. But we're only getting two this time. And it's one in virgo one in
0: <laughs> yeah that's a really good point um are you ready to go in october because there is a lot going on in october yeah. <laughs> i don't even know where i i guess we go chronologically because look there are a lot of transits happening in october and i really don't think there's a single one that's like the star of the show maybe Maybe it's Mars uh, or retrograde, yeah. but that happens right at the end of the month on
1: Halloween. Let me just say, like, I'm looking at my notes for, like, the end of the year, and literally, I feel like, especially October, November, there's literally something happening almost every day. Yeah. So, you know, while, you know, I feel like the dominant story of September was, like, what's going on with the mutable signs and, like the, like, the building up to the Mars, like, Neptune square action, especially when you have the Sun and Mercury and Venus all, like... Hitting those points. Um, I think that's the build up to that part of the year. And this was like the intermission from the fixed stuff. Mm -hmm. But... October like the fixed stuff comes back with a vengeance especially yes. at the end of the month but let's start with the beginning of the month because like it's a, lot. a lot I really think we just on. gotta do this
0: one chronologically because <laughs> it really is like like Mo said it really is almost every day um I would say the first big thing is that on October 2nd Mercury stations direct in Virgo mm-hmm. which is yeah nice for now
1: <laughs> yeah and around that time Venus is like opposing jupiter which is great the only thing that i don't like about um mercury stationing direct is again it's stationing opposite neptune yeah so it's like usually like i don't know about you but i feel like normally when mercury is stationing it doesn't matter if retrograde or like direct there's usually some kind of realization that like tells you okay i need to go redo something and then you redo it and then the station direct is like okay it's complete and now I can move forward the problem with that this time is uh i think mars is like also closing in on a square mars is like really closing in on mercury it doesn't perfect obviously
0: mm-hmm. but
1: like mm-hmm. mars is really tightly squaring mercury at this point and then mercury is opposing neptune so it's like while you think that um, whatever you reviewed or rehashed, especially if it's like a contractor agreement, given that um, before Mercury stationed direct, it did conjoin Venus. Um, <laughs> it seems like, okay, we went through this again. And like Ven- like they conjoin around Venus's max fall. And it's like basically someone being like, I reached my breaking point or my limit, especially because of that last deck in Virgo being like, okay, you can only do so much and like it's almost a reminder of like the you know mortality of something whether that's like a project you're into your own mortality or like how um transient like an experience especially like a relational one just because mercury and venus can have to do with like how you communicate with people especially people you care about or like want to have pleasurable relationships with um and so i feel like this neptune stationing sorry this mercury stationing opposite neptune is like you realize that in trying to resolve there was actually a really big miscommunication or like maybe something about the way you think things are Mm -hmm. is just shattered Mm -hmm. and then with mars being in the superior square and like actually being the apex of the t-square it's like there's this like underlying like tension or like almost resentment
0: yes Yes, And so if
1: you've been trying to like renegotiate something, because I feel like especially like that transition of Mercury from Libra to Virgo, it's like, okay, maybe there was a problem in a relationship. And now like we try communicating, try communicating. And then we get to this point where you realize that like I was doing all this like revising, refining for what? It's almost like I did this for nothing, right? Mm. And there's like huge disillusionment and like, Probably the potential for misdirected aggression as well, just because Mars is here with Neptune.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, we've all been through situations right, that, like that, right? Whether it's relationships or other things where like at the moment, like maybe, maybe in retrospect one day you'll be able to look back at it and you can see the value and what you learned um, from that, mm-hmm. but you almost never can see it at the time. And that's just never. like, it just is what it is. And yeah, I could totally see that that could be really frustrating for some people um you know yeah that mercury mars square won't perfect but on october 12th so just real quick october 10th mercury will go back into libra and then like two days after on october 12th mar that mars neptune square will perfect and this one's really, really like worth paying attention to because of Mars, retrograde, and Gemini. Mars is going to be making this square to Neptune three times in total. So this is going to be the first one. We won't see it again until... Um, shoot, where are my notes? Um, Mars will make this square again on November 19th of 2022 and then not again until March 14, 2023. Um hmm. But yeah, no, I think it's definitely worth paying attention to this Mars-Neptune square.
1: Yeah, no, I think what's interesting is, like, around this time, like, um, I think it's interesting that, like, in my notes, I have that Mercury is also, like, opposing Jupiter at that time, which is, again, like, bringing back the whole, like, you know, the the, like, little pieces that put together, like, a whole narrative versus, like, the big picture story itself, like, and I think that will really inform, like, the tension between the Mars and Neptune.
0: And both of those planets rule the Mars and the Neptune,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's, like, in some ways, like, that Mercury opposite Jupiter will be kind of setting the tone or setting the stage for that
1: Mars-Neptune square yeah um I want to say that like even though this is like a side thing, like don't sleep on like Pluto squares like in the cardinal signs because even though like Saturn and Jupiter are no longer there, Pluto is still there like carrying out a narrative and like I know a lot of people are interested in the Pluto return of the u s because they want America to be over <laughs> hate to inform you um that's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> um, but I really feel like um, both the Sun and Venus, who are like really closing in on the conjunction with each other at this point, um, are both squaring Pluto around the 20th. And yes. I feel like a lot of the tones set with this Venus Pluto cycle, like between this retrograde and now, like we'll start bringing up some of those stories, especially, but with the Sun being so close, I think that there's this potential for obscuring um whatever venus is trying to do yes um yeah so i have a question for you about the venus kazimi like this is where i'm confused like some people say it's in scorpio but like what? when i look on my software it's like perfecting in libra yeah
0: i have it in libra too i, I that, that's, what, that's what i saw in astro seek and then it's also what i see
1: Yeah, no, I have to. I have to look at this because, like, I swear to God, it perfects in Libra.
0: Yeah, I think it does. I'm gonna look again too, but
1: I'm looking like literally every hour. Yeah, no, it perfects in Libra. It perfects in Libra because
0: it. (laughs) Let me see. Yeah, because Venus
1: Venus passes the Sun. It's like uh, fuck. I have to find this. Yeah, no, it perfects in Libra. I don't yeah. know if you think Scorpio. I've seen Scorpio. I could, I could
0: see why people are seeing Scorpio because they're not quite looking at the minutes, maybe. Because if you um fast forward just a few hours, you'll still see them at zero degrees, Scorpio, but it's like not, you know, it's not by the
1: so okay. And this, the reason I like bringing up the Venus Kazemi, this is huge because, like, if you've been tracking like the synodic cycles of Venus, Venus tends to like have its um, conjunctions, whether in the retrograde phase or the direct phase, um, within five particular signs, and like every, I don't know how many years, like it shifts. So, um, I think the last um, retrograde Kazemi in Scorpio was what or the sorry the last direct kazimi and scorpio was eight years ago Hmm. this is the first one we're getting in libra and every every subsequent one for a certain amount of years is going to be in libra so we're moving into like a new there's some like new phase thing going on i feel like somebody like um i know palace i know they um love talking about the synodic cycle cycles of venus and i know they would know a lot more about this but like it's something worth paying attention to and like i'm even though i won't be in a venus perfection anymore like this is crazy because it's like within a degree opposite my venus wow. and so i'm like really watching this not only that even though like it's separated it's squaring pluto and that feels really huge to me i'm sorry it feels really big to me
0: yeah no i agree i i i really want to like it's on my it's been on my list to study the venus synodic cycles more like i have um you know i have read and listened to some of ariel gutman's stuff too um, yes venus star point yes i i do really really want to learn more but yes this is this is very very significant this venus the sun venus kazemi and i i can't believe it's <laughs> scoring pluto um, and then, like we said, right, it's like every day is something new, because even right after that Kazimi, then yeah, that Sun and Venus enter Scorpio together.
1: Enter Scorpio, where Venus gets another huge dignity change. Yes. She goes to detriment.
0: Yes. And she's
1: combust. So I really feel like there's something symbolic about, like, these last few transits of the Sun and Venus together in Libra, while the Sun is, like, not dignified. And um, Venus is really dig- at home. And so, I don't know, like, I I remember, like, around the time Venus was in Libra this year, and, like, squaring Pluto, there was, like, lots of stuff coming out about trials that people were having in the case of, like, people like Ghislaine Maxwell and Prince Andrew and their um, charges that they, you know, sexually assaulted young women and used their power to do that. Um, But there were also things about how, like, just people with status misuse their funds, to like you know either gain favor or like offer favors to other people in power and so i think that there's something about that that does come that does get channeled but i feel like the immediate like loss of dignity of venus and the loss of depression of the sun it almost feels like i'm remembering that story you told like in the earlier half about the one author who like falsely accused somebody of like i wonder if it's like one of those things Hmm. like not necessarily someone is falsely accused but like something comes up that like diminishes the credibility of the venusian in this particular dynamic yeah almost like the pardoning or like excusing of whoever the sun figure is in this dynamic
0: yeah i (laughs) i i do think these are some pretty heavy transits but Mm -hmm. um and i say this not to be contrarian i just say this just to kind of like add some more to this conversation but i also wanted to so so we've got right before the enter scorpio you've got sun and venus squaring pluto um and i noticed that um the empress michiko of japan has this um configuration in her chart and it squares pluto but with pluto in um oh my god it's a a pluto square still but pluto and cancer and Mm. she is a very to this day still a very very well-loved and popular highly visible figure who became a symbol for social and gender revolution in japan because she was the very first commoner to marry into the japanese imperial family and i it's it, it, she she's she's a very very wholesome and like pop again popular and well-loved figure in mm-hmm. japan but i i still get this sense even in here in you know just looking at her natal chart and just thinking about her life that there's still involved here a pristine outer shell that's hiding like a lot of this internal strife and darkness like because this it was definitely not an easy road mm-hmm. to like go and marry <laughs> like the prince and then eventually no you know, i
1: also think prince. of the fact that like didn't recently like the um one of the princesses in japan lost her royal title Mm -hmm. because she married a commoner yes um i'm wondering if you'll see more things about like royals leaving i I i really especially like i'm even thinking about the transits just hitting different members of the british royal family a lot of them do There's half of them that have a lot of fixed placements, and the other half will have a lot of like stuff in Cancer and Capricorn. Like, yes. And I'm just thinking of how these transits are hitting all those people. And it's like, if you thought that like Megan and Harry leaving was like, I think maybe more people, especially like if stuff comes out with like whatever's going on with Andrew, um, because you know, this is all squaring his, um, Mars Venus conjunction and Capricorn I know for Fergie like this stuff is all like near her son and Mars and Libra like <laughs> I mean there are a bunch of people with these placements and it's like I wonder if there's like this it's like the last hurrah before like you get stripped like the Venusian character gets stripped of their title while um the solar figure in this narrative is like finally getting like it's almost like getting a burden it's like getting out of jail like, when a mm-hmm. planet leaves its fall, it's getting out of jail, or it's coming out of, like, the rehab hospital that they were confined to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah.
0: Damn. October really does have everything for everyone. Like, we start heavy with the mutables, we got the middle of the month with all the cardinals, and then we end with both the fix and then the mutables
1: again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... God. Oh, God. The last, oh, my God. So when, okay. Also on the twenty second, before we move on, Mercury trines Saturn, which is really interesting. Um, just given like, like whenever Mercury and Saturn are making these nice aspects, especially like I'm going to start talking more about what Mercury is doing because it's influencing what Mars is doing. Mm-hmm. There's almost like this. Okay, here how we're gonna. Here's how we're gonna like tweak the rules and like make these agreements so that everybody's are on. Everybody's on board. Um, I really feel like that element is also coming up on this day and i think around this time what else is happening
0: well that trine that mercury saturn trine is happening then right when saturn stations direct exactly
1: saturn's going direct
0: that's hilarious because i have that i have that aspect in my birth chart mercury saturn trine with saturn stationing direct
1: (laughs) you know what's interesting like i think that um what's interesting is that this is the last time that Saturn is going to go retrograde in Aquarius. Yes,
0: like, I think it. you're right.
1: Because when Saturn goes into Pisces in 2023, it's not going to dip back into Aquarius. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be in Pisces. So this is the beginning of the end of Saturn in Aquarius. So like everybody who like had their Saturn return in Aquarius, like literally hold on to your seats. Like this is. beginning of the end of that transit and i really like that um mercury's kind of handing off to saturn almost as if to like provide a bit of clarity Mm -hmm. it's like okay this is every this is the consensus especially because mercury is around like saturn's exaltation degree this is the consensus this is what everybody's willing to put in this is how everybody's willing to do their part and it's almost like saturn is like invigorated to like say okay this is the final run through like my home before i come back 30 years later like i think Mm -hmm. When you think about Saturn transits, you really have to think about it that way. Because yeah. Saturn only really comes to a sign every, like, 30-ish years.
0: Yeah. 27,
1: 30 years, like, so.
0: And it really won't have this, like, strong of dignity again until... It definitely won't be in domicile, as you said, for, like, another, like, 20-something years when it ends in, like, ends up back in Capricorn. But Yeah, um,
1: but... But uh, Saturn uh, and Libra
0: I- will probably be, like, the next...
1: Saturn Libra is the next one, but like before that, we have the stretch of like Peregrine and Debilitated Debil- Saturn.
0: <laughs> yeah, we get Saturn and Pisces, Saturn and Aries. And okay,
1: oh like, yeah, Taurus. Then like yeah, Gemini, and then fuck Cancer, Leo. <laughs> yeah, going through- this is the like last half of like the best you are going to experience Saturn. So like if you thought the Saturn transits were stressful, now I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> they only get worse. <laughs> I'm just gonna pretend I didn't hear that, but <laughs> yeah. they only get worse. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, like I think the day after, like like Paul was saying, the Sun and Venus go into Scorpio, and literally two days after that, there's a solar eclipse in Scorpio. <laughs> our first one.
0: Yeah, yeah, our first one because we we dodged it this go around, but. Yes, I. What do you think about
1: this, this eclipse.
0: Well, this eclipse has Venus with it, and then Mercury follows like shortly after because we still have Mercury at the end of Libra at this point. But, um, but Venus is there. Venus is very, very close by. I
1: don't really know if I like this eclipse just because like it's an eclipsed Venus. Venus and the Moon are also not happy, and this is an eclipse with the Moon at max fall. Like, yeah. this is another one of those like. Really difficult things come out of this eclipse, and because it's a south node eclipse, while also being a new like a like a solar eclipse, like so it's like a beginning. Mm. It's a really it's like a growing into something like painful, and like just because Venus is here, a lot of this does have to do with relationships, and yeah, what are you what are you thinking?
0: You know how. um obviously you know so venus is combust and therefore invisible because it's so close to the sun but because this is a solar eclipse like i i'm curious if we would be able to see venus during this time um because i I think regardless like if we do i was just reading again in in post-colonial astrology that the babylonians viewed if venus was visible during an eclipse like that like it was a very very bad omen (gasps)
1: stop (laughs) stop that's really bad especially because venus is like slowly emerging like from coming like coming out from under the beams like she's still under the beams but like she's slowly like going into her um evening phase Hmm. like the more receptive like diplomatic venus rather than you know solar like you know um morning star warrior venus right and so i think this is like the painful resignation back into like a more diplomatic and more like receptive role rather than the active like i'm literally gonna put your head on a pike if you don't give me what i want role um
0: yeah yeah no i could see that is it the second or the third in scorpio that's ruled by venus
1: it is the third it's a third, third. right the second is yeah. moon ruled right second or sun Sun, sorry
0: second is sun yeah. and
1: jupiter second yeah. is sun jupiter okay. last is moon moon venus Last, is moon venus. Okay. but no this is in the double mars Deccan. and this is like <laughs> i went so hard after what i wanted at all costs and all i can do is perceive like what i'm lacking
0: and then we have it's so then it's ruled by this mars that's stationing
1: <laughs> yeah, Mars is stationary at this point, and you know Mars is in that last decade of Gemini where it's like mm, you gotta kill the things that are not working for you. No. <laughs> you I don't can't. like. I don't know how much louder this needs to get. Uh-huh. Mind you, Mars is square Neptune and really drunk, and yes. just like not really clearly perceiving things is maybe excessively disillusioned and possibly like. You know, fighting the wrong battles.
0: Well, on that, we had mentioned this when we were talking about July, but now it's it needs to be mentioned. Now we're talking about October. This, Yeah, this is going to be just weeks before the, a week before the midterm elections.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, and, you know, I'm thinking about the Sibley chart. Mars is pretty much like four degrees from its natal position really getting ready to station. I'm like, really not liking this configuration at all Mm -hmm. because it's an extended Mars return for the US. And you know, one of the last times Mars was in Gemini going retrograde was what? Sherman's March to the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my God. Um, Wait, I, I need to do a quick survey of like everything that wait Mars retrograde. Ephemeris. I'm telling you, like some of the last like Mars like retrogrades have been really like especially in Gemini, Marley.
0: Oh yeah. I I I do have a lot to say about Mars retrograde in Gemini, but while you're pulling that up, I do want to mention so Mars retrograde um state or Mars stations retrograde in Gemini on October thirtieth. But yeah. two days before <laughs> Jupiter retrograde re enters Pisces
1: yes yeah and like the day after that mercury goes into scorpio so technically mars and mercury even though they're averse like some would call that generosity some of us who are more liberal would say mutual reception (laughs) with aversion which i think is is. they're basically like co-signing each other's bullshit without realizing
0: yes yeah it's almost just kind of like a really bad sitcom kind of situation where it's like yeah neither of them knows what they're doing but, they're totally but they end
1: yeah. up like and they end up working towards the same goals yeah. so it's like you can't deny that that's a relationship so <laughs> there you go yeah yeah i don't know what do you feel about jupiter squaring this mars as well like
0: yeah i i, I don't i don't like it <laughs> um but i think on the positive side of things i i think it could be a very very energetic transit that's for sure with um that could lead to you know like good timing and synergy and just some good some good like fortunate action but i think because it's a square right i think we can also see a little bit too much of that i could see like self-glorification or just issues around that you know that like taking place too
1: yeah um i'm trying to look at like other Mars retrograde and Gemini periods, but no, like yeah, Sherman's March to the Sea—that was Mars fucking retrograde in Gemini. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to so uh, to mention about Mars retrogrades is, um, other astrologers, so Patrick Watson and Nick Best have both observed that um, strikes tend to take place during mm-hmm. mars retrograde cycles as well as um just relationships between that mars and that sun but especially so with mars retrograde cycles and particularly in the u.s i i don't think they look too much at global strikes but i'm not surprised that this comes up with the u.s because of that that mars in the sixth house in the sibley chart um or sorry not in the sixth house that's a mistake no it's the seventh house okay anyway sorry like yeah seventh house but um but yeah i um so then i was just kind of looking to see what had happened during the last mars retrograde in gemini and and they had actually like noticed that um during the last one in i believe it was like 2008 that was when the writer's strike had happened and for anyone who was like old enough to remember that like that was when all these shows like just suddenly Mm -hmm. like got canceled like i remember one of them was heroes like i don't know if anyone remembers that show but it's like about people with superpowers
1: yeah i remember that show
0: and it just they couldn't pick it even after the strike was over they couldn't pick it back up really again so a lot of shows really died during that time um, but they, were, they had noticed that whatever sign the Mars retrograde is in can um, can denote like which what kinds of workers will go on strike. And so if it was Writers Guild of America workers in 2008 and we're seeing it again this year, like I would not be shocked if it was um, workers in the media and journalism. Because they the communications workers of America is one of the fastest growing unions in the u.s now and perhaps even globally like there are in more and more newsrooms now that have been unionizing um mm-hmm. another thing you know in the 1990 mars retrograde um in gemini um the new york daily news um went on strike and actually got really really violent and ended up actually destroying the union in that in that news site but those workers actually just recently unionized again for the first time since 1990
1: um, um so i have a couple of like kind of gnarly ones where like mars was like started at the end of gemini like the retrograde started at the end of gemini and like station direct about like early mid so there was one in um what year is this not 1817 but in uh 1896 which is interesting because it coincided with an election year and it was when mckinley um william mckinley uh defeated uh william jennings bryan and like apparently it was like an important turning point for like um the u.s republican party in terms of like its ideological alignment so i think that's really interesting that we're like going into another like this was a like presidential election but it's interesting that we're going in a, into a midterm having had like someone like trump be president Yeah, and like thinking about all the candidates and like the way the party platform has shifted in favor of like aligning around trump and his cult of personality so i think that's really interesting um uh let me see. I'm trying to see what happened in 1943. We were in World War II at that point. That was also a Mars retrograde. Um what October 28th? Oh wow, like this is like the days are like eerily like similar. Hmm. Like late October to early January or like mid-Jan. Uh let me see. So I guess it was around this time that, like, um, the, like, important, like, worldwide um, declarations were being signed. So, like, I think, um, what's the, uh, the U.S., the U.K., Soviet Union, and China um, had, like, um, they signed some, like, Moscow declarations during this period. And, like, there was just a lot of um, turning points in World War II that were happening um. During this period, wait, was this the time where they did? Um. When was Hiroshima?
0: Forty-five.
1: Hold on, I have to look at this because. Uh... Wait, was it forty-five? oh wow it's 45 okay i wonder if this was around the time they were testing like nukes or something
0: i wouldn't be surprised
1: yeah hold on it was going during this period but i'm wondering if this was like when they had like optimized it hmm the i'm just like skimming because it started in 42 because like oh my god no this is interesting yeah no like it's just interesting how a lot of the stuff was going on like the u.s was like i guess really like and i guess they were starting to close in on germany at least on the european front hmm And stuff like that, because I think it was like what to Mars retrograde, like the Mars retrograde before when the US would have joined, like the war, mm. but not this one. Like they were already like involved by this point. Um, but no, it's it's just really interesting to think about the stuff like changes in political alignments, development in terms of like wartime tech, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and then the, the 1990 one, like, the Iraq War was still, like, a lot was popping off with that. Oh, yeah,
1: is that when they, like, um, is that when they went, like, and did, like, what was that? Fuck, that was the Gulf War,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, there were, I, I'm, I'm almost, I gotta look back at it, but I'm pretty sure 1990, like, during that Mars retrograde was around the time when they were just, they were dealing with another, it was, like, one of the hostage situations, um
1: mm. and I think
0: I think it was during the retrograde where I th- I think Saddam Hussein had released some of them, but not all of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I also the other thing I noticed in 1990 during that retrograde was like um Margaret Thatcher resigned. <laughs> what? Yeah she did. Yeah. oh
1: no, that's great. <laughs> that's like pretty loud actually. like the resignation of like, leaders you know that makes me think of uh boris johnson's chart because i think he has like he has like a casini at the end of libra mm. and not not end of libra end of uh gemini ruling his libra rising yeah. and that mars is like stationing pretty close
0: and there's already articles now about his popularity really dying. really
1: tanking and yeah. people being really upset with him
0: yeah I yeah. I find Mars retrogrades to be very fascinating because they're not as frequent as Mercury. They're not as predictable as the Venus ones in terms of like when and, mm-hmm. and how long and, and what signs they end up appearing in and then they're not as long as Jupiter or Saturn ones. No. But they're Which long enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're like so long but like I think it's also just interesting like seeing Mars like the idea of seeing Mars like in the sky being very red.
0: Yes. Yes, like especially, you know, the twenty twenty one where it when it was in Aries, like it was just like that for like
1: six yeah. months. Actually more well, really. So you know what was happening? Like the US was actually like really um closing in on Japan um during like the nineteen forty three retrograde. Mm um not only that but um like there were different um shifts with like you know the nuclear type stuff and like what they were developing like during this period so it's really interesting and you know i like i know this isn't related but i know like um i can't remember like where mars was this like this past year when um The U.S. made a sale to, like, Australia of some, like, crazy, like, um, submarines to Australia or something because um, there's weird stuff going on with China or something. And, like, apparently the U.S. upset some of its allies doing that. Was Mars in Virgo at that point? I feel like it was.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: I think it was. But yeah i think like stuff related to like the sharing of like technology with allies might come up as well because ah. that was implicated in the
0: 1943 one yeah i wonder what's which country is that all involved right because there's just there there's there's a bunch of things happening again over in ukraine and there's mm-hmm. you know there's just very various civil wars happening including in ethiopia
1: yeah um,
0: yeah wonder where what will who will be involved
1: yeah but no like this mars retrograde <laughs> and i think the worst part about like the Mars retrograde in Gemini compared to like other signs is that Mars is very sensitive to whatever Mercury is doing. Mm-hmm. And I would say out of all the planets, like um, even though like obviously Saturn and um, Jupiter spend and like the outer planets spend more time retrograde, like it's just Mercury has so many more like retrograde events mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. the year. So yeah. it's like,
0: That's a really good point because I think it's gonna be a it's it's gonna be a more unpredictable Mars retrograde because at least you know with Mars retrograde in Aries like Mm -hmm. you know it's it's Mars rule Mars is its own boss in that sign Mm -hmm. it did have the deal with the Saturn square which I think really curtailed a lot of what it wanted to do but it wasn't really beholden to any other Anybody, planets yeah. and but you're right that this mars is going to be ruled by this mercury that first starts out in scorpio um will move into sagittarius and then cap and then we'll station retrograde again at the beginning of 2023
1: yeah um i think what's also interesting is that like Especially this is where the fixed narrative really comes back, like at the beginning of November, like because what happens is that Venus and the Sun like Venus will first conjoin the South Node and then the Sun. So it's like this element of like after having this eclipse, it's -hmm. like there's just this purging.
0: Yeah. Like node
1: purges things. Okay.
0: Yeah, let's jump into November because that that's also what I have in my notes here is like, especially that first half of the month, I, I do feel like that Venus and Scorpio is highlighted a lot because, they're, you know, because of the another eclipse. And then it just has this T-square again with Uranus and Saturn. And this time, you know, we had earlier in the year Venus conjoined to the North Node in Taurus in domicile. Now we have Venus in detriment in Scorpio conjoined to the south node.
1: Yeah, and you know, like things that conjoin the south node like okay, so TMI like I feel like I've purging a lot since the south node is then on my moon. Like I just need to constantly like empty myself out after I eat. So like the concept of purging, ending like The purging of relationships, I don't know how to make this louder or clearer, but I think there will be a lot of that with this, especially with Venus having just been eclipsed and going through all this stuff, right? And then not too long after Venus is opposing Uranus on the day, um, the sun conjoins the south node as well. Yeah. And you know, like the sun and moon are probably the most sensitive points to conjunctions with either because I know in the Vedic system, even if it's not a proper eclipse, if you have the sun or um, moon like either co-present or conjunct either node, it's said to be an eclipsed luminary. Yeah. Like it's swallowed or consumed by the node.
0: Yeah. And so you know who has who has Venus and Scorpio? in this t-square with uranus and saturn actually no sorry it's different signs but they still have this venus uranus saturn t-square in their birth charts princess margaret and Mm. so when i just think of just you know potential like messy relationship stuff like i think about her life and you know what happened with she had this like relationship with peter townsend and then he divorced Mm -hmm. his wife so he could marry her and then they ended up not getting married and she ended up marrying someone else. And it was the yeah, first televised yeah. royal wedding, which eventually ended in divorce. But, um, but yeah. The- you
1: know, like the fact that you brought up that narrative and it's just like that 24, 48 hour period. It's like Venus is like opposite Uranus. It's like, I'm going to end this relationship to like pursue something else. Yes. And then it's where Saturn and Saturn's like, no, you're fucking not. <laughs> like that's what that feels like
0: uh-huh uh-huh yeah <laughs> um yeah no yeah i i know with the princess margaret story it actually was kind of really sad because i think what ultimately kept her from marrying um peter townsend was um she needed parliamentary approval of the marriage if she wanted to like stay the royal family
1: and i think her sister like she had this really like her and Elizabeth had this weird, like, relational dynamic. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that their sons are actually, like, I think exactly Antisha. Because she was, like, a late um, Leo son, and Liz is, like, a zero-degree tourist son. And so, like, she feels like she has to... Like, she was very duty-driven, surprisingly. Mm. And so, like, on top of Parliament being able to block her marriage, it's, like, the whole idea that she would be abandoning her sister by just, you know, pursuing her um, desire seems to be, like, very implicated. It's almost like Venus is breaking free of something only to be hit by a limit where it's Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, you can't really do that right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I could really see that because, yeah, as you said, so November 5th is the Venus-Uranus square, November Mm -hmm. 7th, two days later, is the Venus-Saturn square. It really is, like, breaking free and then hitting a wall
1: yes which is even worse because (laughs) literally two days later there's that lunar eclipse in taurus which i really close to uranus like it's pretty fucking close and then Um, the
0: sun mercury kazemi is also that same same day day,
1: same day exactly and okay so i don't know about you but i feel like again i will say this again like i said this for the last um taurus eclipse like this year people will be getting like what they want or their way but not in the way they wanted. And I feel like this is louder with the eclipse actually being close to Uranus and being so close to the north node. Mm-hmm. Like I really feel like it's going to be really loud and like not subtle and so it's like you hit that wall, and the, and I feel like it's even louder because Venus is, like, separating from Saturn at this point. It's like you broke free of the thing that was holding you back from what you wanted. The process of getting what you wanted is painful, and you've hit a wall, but, like, it's almost like something dr- extreme and dramatic, and possibly... It's not really bad for you, but it's not great for other people involved in the situation.
0: Hmm.
1: That's what I feel about the eclipse. Like, it's not good for... It works to your favor in the end, because at the end of the day, I stand by this. This is a Taurus moon. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It's the moon in its exaltation. Yes. Um, Does it feel like, does it feel good getting it mixed? Does it feel good for everybody else around you? No.
0: (laughs) So I have some news to break to you. So that eclipse happens on the day of midterms. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> i know i know i know i know it's i <laughs> yeah yeah i you know for those of you who follow american politics like they they really say like arizona georgia pennsylvania and wisconsin are especially going to be the seats to watch and there's other ones too like florida but um Arizona and Georgia both have Democratic senators who are going to be fighting for their seats, and then Pennsylvania's yeah. got an open one, um, and then um, and then Wisconsin's the only one that has a Republican who is going to be fighting for their seat, and this is going to be the very first midterm elections um, taking place after the 2020 census, so redistricting has happened right and it's been all over the news that the republicans have really already made moves and you know it's actually kind of too late in some places um to redistrict in their favor and gerrymander in their favor and um and there has been some criticism, um, you know, toward uh, of the Democratic Party that the, you know, even especially right now with the Biden president, with the Biden presidency, that nothing was really done to stop it.
1: Um, I'm just looking at these transits because, like, this is a lunar return for Joe Biden. He's also in a year. He's in a Cancer perfection year. <laughs> um, this is his lunar return. Um, before his upcoming solar return in this um thing. And, uh, it's, I don't know, it's really not looking great. It's not looking great. I mean, the thing is, it's like, I think regardless of the perspective, like, on a mundane level and on a um, collective level, I think there's some things that you will get out of this. But again, you get it in a way that you didn't want. And there are consequences for other people involved that are not great. Um, especially with venus the ruler of the eclipse still being combust and then to add insult to injury mercury is like also in the heart of the sun but also like near the south node mm-hmm. literally it's giving purging and like all of this is actually like opposing uranus and so it's literally just like Uranus is like really just adding, like, like again, throwing in a wrench. It's like it's still a pleasant surprise, but not like the not like the happy ending, pleasant surprise. Mm -hmm. It's like the pleasant surprise at the expense of somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And on a personal level, it's just like look at what's going on in like the tourist part of your life to (laughs) see what's happening. Um, <laughs>
0: my ascendant's really close to here and I'm not happy about it <laughs>
1: yeah, no, this is actually um, really close to my partner's descendant and I'm just like <laughs> yeah no and it doesn't help because I'm I have this active Mars retrograde in my perfected house <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> which is like Yeah squaring my Saturn and I don't think any of this stuff is active for him but this is also before his next solar return because like his birthday is like I think the day before Biden's so like like his calendar birthday so
0: yeah
1: it's just gonna be interesting because he's gonna be like he's in a Aquarius perfection year so like this like technically like one way you can think about perfections that I learned from like doing it the abu mashar way is yes pay attention to the perfected house but all the signs that share modality so all the signs that are square you have to pay attention to those transits too
0: yes yes
1: and it's it's loud it's worked in my own chart and it's worked in the charts i've looked at for clients and those transits are always the loudest um
0: so that's that's just the that's just the first week of november <laughs> Yeah, yeah of november. Um, it's some bullshit <laughs> the mm-hmm. middle the middle of november is you get venus and mercury entering sag at the same time and it's like mm-hmm. just in time for the second mars neptune square so it's like oh great venus and mercury get to join this mutable yes and guess show. what
1: mercury <laughs> is losing dignity
0: yeah yep <laughs> yeah.
1: so um especially i mean what's interesting is mercury enters its own Deccan in sag but like it's probably i would argue the most volatile Deccan of sag yes ruling with mars and
0: this mars that's squaring this neptune
1: yeah i mean it's it's almost like The way I see the transition of Mercury from Scorpio to Sag is like, Mercury in Scorpio is seething and holding all this resentment in. And then I think of like, or like what it really wants to say in, and it's really thinking about what it wants to say. It's like sharpening its verbal knives Mm -hmm. at the ready. And then like when Mercury goes into Sag, it's like, okay alarm bells blaring like megaphone blaring like i'm coming out swinging right like and mercury and um, mars are in like a opposition relationship even though it's by sign and so it's building up yeah um
0: (laughs) it is building up that opposition does go exact by the end of the month but i i think i think we'll already start seeing it as soon as mercury ingresses like i would definitely be wary of just impulsive actions and words especially words (laughs) um yeah and then that that square to neptune too just like it's just like another reason to just be cautious of like you might really not be seeing the full picture
1: yeah i mean i will say oh wow that mercury venus conjunction actually happens in sagittarius uh that's cute it does
0: i have it down (laughs) for like in scorpio
1: apparently it's it's uh it might be scorpio but like
0: I might be wrong. I think you're right.
1: Have, I have Satch for some reason. They get really close though. I
0: think They're you're all right. On,
1: right on top of each other.
0: Yep, yeah. Yep, Mercury you're right. Is still, it is right. Yeah,
1: Mercury's a bit, it's a bit slow still. Um but yeah, like I mean what's nice is that, you know, Mercury will be conjunct Venus. Which is nice. When is Jupiter finally stationed direct? Like
0: do we oh, no no it's so i know this is another one of those where it's like every day because like then after that mercury venus conjunction we the sun enters sag which is a bummer because then they're combust and stuff um and then the twenty third is when Jupiter stations direct on the same day of the new moon and Sag.
1: That's actually nice. That's cute.
0: I like it. I like it. I mean, it's you've got this new moon and Sag being ruled by Jupiter and domicile. A again. very
1: happy Jupiter. Um, I mean, yes, it's an ana- like it's mostly not. Well, it's like aneretic kind of, yeah. I think, ish. But like, it's I don't know. It feels nice. It's like a bit of. It's a bit optimistic. I feel.
0: I think it sets, it, it like kind of sets the tone, right? Because this is like our final month of Jupiter and Pisces, and then we we're go back Jupiter to Jupiter and Pisces.
1: Aries. Yeah. Yeah, we go back to Jupiter and Aries. Um, what I don't like is that like literally the week after that, oh <laughs> wow, like the day after that, Neptune stations direct. <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> and god. Um, and uh, like five days later, Mercury opposes Mars, and so this is where that like that tension comes in and like it sucks because like Mars is depending on a very not happy Mercury Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. do stuff and this Mercury is also like getting ready to square Neptune like it's applying yes so it's really popping off on maybe misconceptions or like miscommunications or Again, because Neptune and Mercury are both in signs that have to do with, like, the bigger picture, inspiration, like, perceptions of this great theory of everything, um, it might be missing, like, important nuances or details, right? Mm-hmm. And Mars may be, like, inclined to act on, you know, a lot of not well thought out <laughs> on information. So...
0: This better not be some bullshit on whether it's critical race theory or, you know, COVID protocols or what.
1: You know, like, I think especially now that we're going to be coming out of, at least like from the U.S. perspective, we're going to be coming out of a midterm. Though I am curious because I'm thinking of uh, Justin Trudeau's chart. Uh, he's the current prime minister of Canada. Yeah, he's got some gnarly transits coming up. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. next year does not look good for him because he's a he's a Virgo rising, um, uh, with yeah. a tenth whole sign house in Gemini. Yeah, and this Mars retrograde is in his tenth house. That mm, it's not looking good for him. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh,
0: we we are at the end. I think it's time to, for December, and then we can wrap this up.
1: Yeah, like I mean. I will say that also at this time, like around the time um, Mercury opposes Mars, so does Venus. Yeah. So again, there's just this I don't know, especially with a lot of these planets just not having dignity. It's just really jarring.
0: Yeah. So December starts off, it's like December 1st is that Mercury Neptune square. And then just a few days after, it's Venus follows it too. There's a Venus Neptune square as well yeah so we're gonna just continue to just see all that stuff in the mutable signs that really continues for the rest of december
1: yeah like it's funny because it starts out being like very fixed heavy it's like the mutables and the fixed signs like by the end of the year duking it out for like main character status Mm -hmm. and i feel like i don't know about you but like with jupiter being anoretic and pisces at this point and like all these things moving through sag Mm -hmm. and like squaring neptune and jupiter in the first week of december i really really feel like i don't know there's this weird like tension sort of i don't know like there's this weird tension because it's like we're trying to like aim for these like lofty ideals or like maybe justify certain narratives um but, like, I feel like Mars being in opposition to all that and squaring it is, like, making it hard to really accept. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, And also maybe encouraging people to fight for the wrong things or take risks because of the wrong things. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I do find it funny that Mercury and Venus have – I don't want to say – it's not the same by any means dynamic as, like, the Venus-Mars conjunction, but they are pretty – close together for like the the month of december because again they start out the month squaring neptune and jupiter together they enter capricorn right around the same time as well just like a couple days apart and then they also will be um again i already said square they're squaring neptune and jupiter together Mm -hmm. and then and then they do end up conjoining um and then Venus and then Mercury stations retrograde, right retrograde. The the <laughs> month while So right
1: Uranus. on Pluto. I think it's right on Pluto, too, right? They're like really close.
0: Uh, let me check that. I think, yeah, I think it gets close. Let me let me but look not
1: exact, quick.
0: yeah, it's not exact, but I think it's like close enough. But, um, yeah, 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 no, that's that's pretty damn close actually because, um yeah, Pluto's at twenty-seven degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but
1: like, you know what? Like it's interesting that like and this is why we really need to watch what Mercury's doing, because like Mercury like squares Jupiter right before it goes into Capricorn. And what's interesting is that the day after you have this full moon in Gemini, where the moon is conjunct Mars and Mars is opposite the sun. So this is like the halfway point of the Mars retrograde. Mm on the 7th and isn't this all hanging out around like the Sibley Ascendant I really feel like it is
0: <laughs> It. <laughs> I have to go look at the Let me just see if I can pull it up real quick
1: no okay it's not on the Ascendant but it's in the first house actually no it is I'm crazy it is it's like 4 degrees away like it's all literally should. like right there. Yeah. Um Yeah, this feels like a really inflammatory full moon, especially because Mars is in its own deck in, in Gemini. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I don't know, it's giving moral dilemma. It really is.
0: Yeah. I could see that. Um it well, yeah. <laughs>
1: It's like to duel or not to duel, just because Mars is like a planet of conflict. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah, I know, for sure.
1: I don't know about you, but I feel like with um, Mercury moving into uh, Capricorn and like cooling down, Mm -hmm. maybe like it'll be something that's like maybe discouraging, like more of that um, volatile sort of stuff that Mars wants to do.
0: I could see that, yeah. I, um, but it's like, oh, that Mercury is also starting to slow down, too, and, like, station upgrades, so I think it could also, like, yeah, it really could dampen that Mars, like, a little bit. Um, yeah. I... I'm just trying to think of what else is, because it really just seems like for the most part, like December really is just like a lot of those mutable transits.
1: No, um, it really is.
0: The exception, so January 20th, January, I mean, December 20th is when Jupiter re-enters Aries and it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to go back into Pisces anymore. We're done with Jupiter and Pisces. Sadly. Sadly. <laughs> And then Jupiter's re-entry is a lot less um, bombastic (laughs) than it was when it first entered in May and had, you know, Mars came there later. Juvenus was there with it. It was, like, just very, very active in May. Um, This time around, it's ruled by a Mars retrograde in Gemini. So I... Yeah. With
1: Saturn as the final dispositor.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's a very muted Jupiter and Aries. Though I really like the um, the square that the um, New Moon and Capricorn makes to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that too. Um, and then, and then, yeah, really kind of like the last. As- a transit after that is going to be it's like december 29th is mercury stationing retrograde in capricorn which will kick off the Venus mercury retrograde cycle in the earth signs and yeah it's going to be conjoined venus
1: yeah so like the year ends okay we started the year with venus pluto shit in capricorn and guess what? we're ending venus conjunct pluto in capricorn It's Berkeley retrograde. So I think that, you know, what's interesting is that like all this stuff is happening in that last decade of Capricorn, which, you know, was where our Saturn Pluto conjunction was housed. So I don't know the idea that we're getting away from a lot of that stuff. I don't think we're getting away from that for a while. I don't, I don't think, think so
0: either. And I do, I, 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 even when you're earlier in, the, in this recording, when you were just talking a lot about what are some of the financial implications of all of this, um, you know, this Venus and Pluto stuff. Yeah, I, I really think there's the potential that, you know, what we're already seeing now around like supply chain issues and um, supply chain issues as well as um, inflation, I think can very well continue I also anticipate, I, like, I, I do wonder if there's just going to even be issues around um, the Biden infrastructure plan. Like, yeah, when people think infrastructure, they often think Saturn, but let's just, like, not forget that these planets are in a Saturn-ruled sign. Mm. And especially when I just think of these Capricorn Deccans, right? Capricorn,
1: so the builder. Yeah, exactly. Literally, it's literally <laughs> like, it's like, okay, I'm looking for terrain to build first decan, second decan. Here's the plan and the structure. Yeah. And then the third deck, and how are we going to afford this shit? Like yep. it's literally, <laughs> literally the whole thing. Like
0: it's like not only like how are we going to afford this shit, but how are we, these resources going to be used wisely? Because you know, for, for the work that I do, like and I've been doing for many, many years, like I've just I already when I when I saw the infrastructure bill, I'm supportive of it because I do think that money does need to be invested. But what I already know is going to be a problem is what they're. What they're going to do is they're going to basically just give this money to different municipalities, whether it's, like, state, city, and then some federal projects, too. Um, But I just time and time again, like, no matter where you go, not just in the U.S., but in the entire world, there's been a major problem with um, super infrastructure where there's always delays. It's always way over budget. um, And there's just, like, never, ever a proper assessment of risk.
1: No, not only that, but, like, I don't know if, like, I because I wasn't following whatever was going on in the U.S. during the pandemic, but I know in Canada, like, there's been a lot of debate about, um, like, the healthcare transfers from the, um, like, the uh, federal government to the provinces. And, like, there was a lot of stuff around, like, how much control should the federal government have in certain things versus, like, the um, provincial governments. And, like... I don't know, like I feel like with some of these transits, especially in late Capricorn, but also like Pluto and Aquarius and stuff like that. Um, I feel like a lot of it's gonna be like in countries that have this sort of like federal versus like municipal, or in the case of things like the UN or the EU, like these multinational like groups or organizations, so, like NATO, EU, um, g7 whatever like how much power do these structures really have to enforce like the sharing and distribution of resources and like the way these projects go because i remember a huge part of the problem with the pandemic response was the government's like okay we're gonna throw money at the provinces and like the provinces would either not spend the money properly or not be clear and there was a lot of blame passing and buck passing on like responsibility when things wouldn't get done yeah. And I feel like with a lot of these supply chain issues, like, there's a lot of a, there's a huge component of that that, like, is understated. And so I'm wondering if, like, this Mercury retrograde at the end of the year, end of 2022, is going to really be us, like, auditing. Because when I think of Mercury, because Mercury is in its own decan, by yes. the way. Like, I think of the auditor. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, um... And I'm wondering if, like, thinking about the U.S., but I'm also thinking about Canada as well, because, like, this retrogrades in the 10th house. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of the fact that the leaders also have all these, like, intense transits. Like, I'm just, like, I'm wondering if there's going to be a review or audit of, like, in the case of the U.S., money. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Canada, like, the leadership. Like, there's going to be an auditing. And I think, like, especially as, like, a lot of the stuff hitting Pluto is going to indicate like some of this financial strain or struggle. Um, I also think of the fact that like Pluto can have to do with like massive wealth. I'm thinking of billionaires as well. I'm wondering if like all of these hits to Pluto, especially like for the U.S. chart, like has to do with this auditing of like which people in control are getting money from who, and you know, exposing the web of money.
0: I wish. I hope so.
1: <laughs> you no, know, like. I don't know. Cause it's like we can only deal with this like stuff for so long. But I feel like a lot of the prolonged like COVID stuff is going to make us really ask hard questions about like the structure of our financial system. Period. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's already like, and you know, as you had pointed out, right? We're already, we already are in the middle of Venus retrograde and Capricorn here at the end of 2021. And it will continue to see a little that in January 2022. and it is funny that we do end the year with just more like now it's gonna be Mercury retrograde conjoined to that same Venus in Capricorn. And we're already having those discussions now, right? Like we're already asking questions about inflation and supply chain <laughs> issues and all that stuff. And yeah, I do. And then now i mean on top of the infrastructure bill now the the big news right now here in the us is that it doesn't look like the social policy bill which would put more money into like you know just more aid to people during COVID times and uh, as well as just other like long-term safety guards for um people who are not (laughs) wealthy billionaires and it looks like it's gonna it's already just dead um, before it even gets the Republicans because the Democrats can't even get to agree with it. Like Mansion just uh, w- does not want to support it.
1: I, I'm gonna look at his natal chart later if it's available because like I wish. hold on. I'm gonna oh do a God. quick. Like because too. like, how does this guy like he's not even like, Like, how is he, um, I just don't understand how he, like, has so much power.
0: Ugh. Damn, I, he does, he does not have a chart. His daughter does. I didn't realize he has a daughter who, like, (laughs) in 2007 inflated her resume with an unearned MBA degree. (laughs) And then she she was also caught up in the controversy over the pricing over the the EpiPens because she was the CEO of Mylan. What?
1: what? I didn't know that. Anyway, uh, okay. Joe Manchin. Um, okay, he likely has a Sagittarius moon. Oh, he's going through a a, a nodal return. Huh. He's a north node in Taurus, south node in Scorpio.
0: That's funny because his daughter's a Sag moon too. But anyway
1: uh Saturn conjunct Pluto in Leo uh Uranus at the okay you know where Mars stations um retrograde in Gemini he has his Uranus there <laughs> uh yeah no now I understand why like he's like it's like why are we talking about him so much oh he's having his nodal return <laughs> There we go. And his god. Venus is actually his Venus Mercury conjunction in Leo's in the bendings.
0: Oh my god. Damn. Well, that makes sense and that that means yeah. then we're not going to hear this isn't the end of hearing about I him. Which yeah. Is, is shitty. but
1: No, he's getting hit by all of these like fixed transits and like the mutable ones as well. Like
0: Got it.
1: Like I feel like especially like late term uh twenty twenty two, we're gonna hear a lot about Joe Manchin. Yeah. More than we would like to know. Yeah. More than we would like to hear.
0: Unfortunately. I also took a brief look at because the other Democrat name you hear not as often, but you still hear her name a lot is Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. And she ha- she has Uranus and Scorpio. And
1: um, oh she's a big Uranus opposition. So That's she's great.
0: Yeah, she's going through her Uranus opposition and she's going through a nodal opposition. (gasps) Stop.
1: (laughs) Oh, we have a timed chart for her. We do.
0: Yeah, it's a confirmed time. (laughs) Oh, God. And she has her Oh, my God. Pluto
1: is opposing her Venus. It's interesting how her and Joe Manchin both have Saturn in uh, Leo.
0: I know. I know. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Oh, she has Saturn op moon okay yep oh and then her uh jupiter is like in like late taurus um yeah no a lot of her stuff is getting hit like her like fixed mutable stuff is getting hit so
0: yeah no for sure
1: she's not up for re-election is she
0: no no because she just won this this yeah in 2020 she just won re-election I believe, or for election okay uh-huh. yeah yeah
1: okay but no like that it's just really interesting um but no like i i feel like if you want like before the midterms like let's look at charts for people oh
0: hell yeah No, we definitely got to do a midterm episode
1: because <laughs> it could
0: be a whole ass yeah. series
1: <laughs> honestly yeah but no like honestly 2022 if i had to sum it up like there are pockets that are good like it starts weird the middle's kind of okay and the end is really weird. Like, I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, it's not 2020. 2020 is, like, the, the floor. Like, anything, <laughs> like, lower than 20. Like, it's not there. But, like, it's not. It's better. But also, like, what sucked about 2021, as Austin mentioned on the astrology podcast. Like, mm-hmm. I can see a lot of that just dragging.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: To, like... 2022
0: i agree i don't think this is anywhere near as bad as 2020 i think it's a very active year there are some quieter pockets of time but they do mostly happen like in the middle it's it is the end where it's like august onward I, even I, maybe i would even say july onward where things are going to just get dicier yeah
1: yeah, yeah right. um, do you have any announcements
0: no I other than I'm gonna I'll be back on social media in January
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay my announcement oh my god I'm so late I still need to put together my cuties so I can like reopen my bookings I'm just (laughs) dragging my feet on this um but that's coming at some point in 2022 I will be launching a website finally so stay tuned for that um I'm probably going to have some other surprises in 2022 so stay tuned but um I think for sure I'm going to move to referrals only. Um, I'm being really selective about my clients and my clientele. So if you are a returning client and I already have your email, look out for an email in the coming days. Um but if you are not, make friends get referred and uh yeah like that's that
0: (laughs) you could make friends with me (laughs) and then maybe i'll refer you maybe (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh and then i think the only other thing is i got um you know i did right before omicron struck real bad i got to take a quick trip to california and i got to meet some uh, other Astrologers on Astro Twitter IRL so I got to see Alyssa or Praxis Astrology, who I know I'm because we used to work watch. together at the same organization. So i it's love like, them so much yeah like i we've met before but it was like really really nice seeing Alyssa again and then i got to meet bear for the <gasps> first time yeah and bear bear and i are our um natal chart twins like we're born i think not even like a week apart so nice um, yeah we did indoor rock climbing together oh i love that for you guys <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that was really nice. But yeah, no, my only announcement is I'm coming back to social media in January.
1: Yeah, um, yeah but um, stay tuned. Our Deccan series is ending pretty soon, but we have, what are we doing? Like, uh, Planetary Joys next? Yes,
0: yes, and I'm so excited about that one.
1: Yes, Planetary Joys. We're probably going to throw in like the interviewing of people by modality, because it's going to be super fun. Um, yes. Obviously, we'll start with fixed signs because.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or uh, duh, (laughs) like duh. We might, maybe, we'll bring like some other fixies to join us, so it's not just us two. But yeah, yeah.
1: If you're Scorpio or Aquarius, please, we're taking invites. Please.
0: I might, I might reach out to some folks. I might nominate (laughs) because I, I have some folks in mind. But yes, please, nice, nice.
1: Please contact Um, us. And then, yeah, but yeah stay tuned we've got some exciting stuff coming next year
0: yes all right bye thanks mo
1: bye thanks pal